and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. Back again for round two of Rangers is my co-host Hamilton. Hamilton, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm warm. I'm very warm. <laughs> the basement's actually really nice and cool. It's always yeah. a, like, it's got that um, cave sort of, you know, always 18 degrees sort of thing. Mm. So it's nice down here. I'm on a ground floor flat, but on the first part of it, essentially. I don't know what term is i'm sure you do because you are the the architect it's a maisonette i did yeah. not know that so there you go yeah. but thankfully i'm facing away from the sun the last place i lived in caught the sun quite a bit so we were like oh this is fine it's fine and then it gets the summer and you're like god we're dying we're we're literally no, yeah <laughs> i was in the basement the other day recording this pirate thing and i had mm. very long wig on yeah. and a huge <laughs> tricorn one of these <gasps> bad boys that uh, i'm sure amazing now <laughs> i mean very cool very cool and some like because i'd shaved my beard off i was like oh shit i didn't think at the time why did i shave off before so I, had, so I had to like rub in some dark to like make the, <laughs> the scraggly beard like so i had that and then i had the eyeshadow so i was like i was like sweating and look oh, and i was just right. like my gosh it is this is not the weather. It needs to be winter for this amount of layers on my head. <laughs> yeah, for pirates, like sea adventures, you know, with a beautiful sun. If it, no, no, it needs to be winter because how else did all the makeup stay on? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how did the pirates do that? <laughs> how do pirates of the Caribbean? How did they yeah. do it? You know, they looked amazing. Mm. You know, smoky yeah. eye and stuff. And yeah, yet, exactly. Not a single sweat. I was trying my best to get that smoky eye effect. Mm. Doing like the the thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting better, I think. But it's... you're in the same boat as me, fi- yeah. figuratively and probably literally. <laughs> if you don't have a fireball. Well, we've come back for round two. <laughs> we didn't get enough of a beating last week. So last time we looked up to the sort of the main sort of class uh, yeah. of the ranger and the two that was provided in the player's handbook. So that was the beastmaster and yeah. the hunter. And we yeah. talked for a long time about it and how we felt. We're now going to look at all the other subclasses. We thought we'd start off with this episode by looking at the updated version of the Beastmaster, as we said. So Hamilton, why don't we why don't we talk about that? So what, what's the biggest yeah. sort of change? What, what what do you feel about this bit? Well, what it does <laughs> is makes it actually a functioning <laughs> functioning subclass because yes. uh, I'm just reminding myself of the two terminologies. So in the original Beastmaster, it is mm. called a Ranger's Companion. Yes. So then it came out in sort of Unearthed Arcana, but then it's been mm. sort of formalised officially in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah. And I think they see it as an, an optional feature. That's what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Which I think everyone's gone, it's not optional, it's better. Uh, but it's the Primal Companion, this one. Yes. And what, what is great about it as well is we were talking about last week is that the original one had uh, CR ratings that related mm. to the uh, level that you could have. So it was a channel rating quarter or lower yeah. and you add your professional words and doesn't it doesn't you know it's very much build it from something original i think mm. we're all much more happier with the new format of yes i, I don't want to speak for you but i am mm. much more happy definitely for the new way that they're running beasts and monsters in D D. so that, yep. and I think the new stat block way works and this yes. is it takes on that sort of thing in terms of just you have beast of the land beast of the sea beast of the sky and they are quite generic but gives you particular things for those so like you get a binding strike for the sea you get a flyby opportunity doesn't have opportunity attacks when it flies out of an enemy's reach mm. and then the land one has a maul action so it has slightly different uh yeah, different flavorings to it but there's still the same thing and you're right yeah. like i think rather than locking you into like you have a falcon mm. 
this sort of stat bot things, which I know it seems yeah. so simple to everyone, mm. but like we didn't have this for ages. And like mm. only recently, like stuff like we've talked recently about the new Giants options stuff with yeah. um, Adrid's Circle of Primeval. Obviously, that's got Love one. It. The um, Artificer's Battlesmith, the Steel uh, Defender, Defender. Yes. Yeah. So you just have these generic stat bots, which you then can influence. And it works. And I think the flavor of some of here, land, sea, and sky, you cover mm. all areas, as it were. And you can, you yeah. can obviously choose what it looks like. And you're like, that's, that's great. I, yeah, I think that's really good. Having played more types of TTRPGs, so when I came into D&D, it kind of brought me into that setting that everything has to be individual and everything needs to be this. When you actually get into it, you realise a lot of it's just very the same, but just with a flavour change. <laughs> yes. And actually you're like, well, what's the bloody point? Mm-hmm. Because this is so. This makes so much more sense. And I think the idea of it, I think then being able to be something like a ranger who's all about, like when I said, I think being more about an area or something like that, I think mm-hmm. and being able to like be more flexible yeah. To be like today, you know, companion, whatever you name your companion, <laughs> that you are a um a hawk like creature that's gonna fly yeah. around and and survey the land and then yeah. next minute, oh we're in a deep jungle, so I'm gonna make it a a, a monkey that's gonna swing from tree to tree, yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other big change from this as well, as well as the stat blocks, is that instead of taking one of your actions, you can now use your bonus action to command your creature to survey yeah and that makes such a difference as well because then later on it says you can then choose if you do an attack action then you can use another attack action to to command it as well if you want to use your bonus action for something say like hunter's mark or one of those bonus action spells because quite a lot of ranger spells are bonus actions as well and so that flexibility really oh it's so helpful it's so needed because the ranger Mm -hmm. just is actually that's the one thing they're lacking so Mm -hmm. much of because they just get they just get so tunneled a little bit and so i think it's um, really good the last thing that i that noticed is that so when your creature dies Mm. sorry when if (laughs) if you've been careless enough your poor beast dies there's actually different ways to bring it back now so if it's died Mm. within the last hour you can use an action to touch it and expend the spell slot of level one or higher and it returns to life after one minute with all its hit points restored. Compared to if it dies, you wait eight hours for another one to appear. Mm. That's so much better because then, you know, like you're not waiting around and stuff. And the similar thing that you can change your your beast on a long rest is perfect. And you can change it and it's... It's just that little tweak. It's just little tweaks, hasn't it? And instantly it makes it so much better and more interesting as a ranger. And you can just more playability, more versatility. I don't see the reason for trying to nerf it by making an action. I think it was just silly. So mm. I think it makes so much sense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it any other way. I don't think anyone would not use it this way. Whilst we're here, should we talk about the other optional class features then uh, mm, before we yeah. move on to the actual new ones? Because I think they've made some changes and I think they're slightly better. Again. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the optional cast features you can use. There is a first level ranger feature which replaces natural explorer, which again, something that we weren't, I, well, personally, I wasn't very keen on. The new option is called deft explorer. You are an unsurpassed explorer and survivor, both in the wilderness and in dealing with others on your travels. You gain the canny benefit below and you gain an additional benefit below when you reach sixth and 10th level. Again, a better version of because you gained a different uh, mm-hmm. natural explorer every six and ten absolutely so canny is you choose one of your skill proficiencies your proficiency bonus is doubled for an ability check you make that uses the chosen skill you're a ranger you know how to track so why would it only be in one location yeah you're an expert or something absolutely you're just an expert at so you could say survival yeah perfect and you also speak read and write two additional languages i like that they're smart they'll pick things up absolutely yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. And, and they know how to prepare before going on uh, you know on an adventure and therefore 
knowing more languages makes sense really because mm-hmm. they want to be able to do it. Yeah. Next one is roving at six level, which is your walking speed increases by five and you right. gain a climbing speed and a yes. swimming speed equal to your walking speed. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Of course, that makes sense because you're so one yeah. with the environment, but not in the same way that Druid is that you are using yeah. it to your advantage and you, are, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it makes it more roguey in that sense of like, it's about your physical ability and about what mm-hmm. you're gaining. It's very much, they're thinking so much more about what it means to be a ranger and what the difference is. And then tireless at 10th level as an action, you give yourself a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier, minimum of one. And you can use this action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expenses uses when you finish a long rest. In addition, whenever you finish a short rest, your exhaustion level, if any, which is what I said I wanted to use for my one. I was going to say. It's reduced by one. So you can reduce exhaustion. On a short rest. Which is that idea that you can keep running. You have been given a quarry and therefore you will... <sighs> it just makes sense because it's why I thought of it when I was trying to make my own ranger and why I think it's perfect is that you you want that ability in, in the pack or in the party. If you have like, if you're all rangers of like, they have to rest. We don't. Mm. We don't rest until we've caught them. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, such a cool flavory thing. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And and so you know you're gonna gain those eight hours on anyone. Mm-hmm. Because you just go take an hour, take a cat nap, bomb, we're off. <laughs> Exhaustion gone. It just makes so much sense. Love it. Do you want to talk about the next one then? Yeah, I'll talk about your yeah, favoured foe. So this mm. replaces that favoured enemy feature. When you hit a creature with an attack roll, you can call on your mystical bond with nature to mark that target as your favourite enemy for one minute or until you lose concentration as if you were concentrating mm. on a spell. The first yeah. time on each of your turns you hit the favoured enemy and deal damage to it, including when you mark it, you increase that damage by D4. You can use mm. this feature to mark an enemy a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. You regain all the expended uses when you finish a long rest. And the damage increases depending on the levels, so it goes all the way up to D8. Yeah. That makes so much sense and i love the fact you mm. can change it as like oh you're my favorite enemy just now or you're my yes. favorite enemy rather exactly. than a group oh amazing oh, john's in the party it's gonna be a dragon because <laughs> otherwise they can't do anything because a d8 not too much but then if you're getting up to i think it was, what was equal to proficiency bonus, so you have five so you could have five d8 yeah and on um, five attacks yeah so it, it really does add up and then some of the other subclasses mm. which we'll talk about as well they also chip in little bits mm. as well so it's just like actually that makes so much more sense and I, yeah i really love the fact that it's just short you can just change it between fights and it doesn't have to be a particular grouping of people a rogue doesn't go oh i'm only an assassin of um of um, um uh, dragons uh you know it's not like that you're a bloody <laughs> oh assassin God. oh no but i would love that now just like oh i'm not I'm, like the non-good rogue let's ruin the rogue class okay here we go uh you only have a favored enemy for assassin imagine if you did that it would just make them crap but they did do that for the rangers yes until they fixed it we, we mentioned it last time but not so much like having a favored enemy which is just a group of people could be seen as problematic as well whereas this no. is just like any Enemy in combat. Dun, dun, dun. You are a renowned person of knowledge of beasts, anything, of how to deal damage. Capture and all those sorts of things. So you will, that's why you can keep running and lose exhaustion when you uh, take a short run. And when you find your quarry, which you then spent some time knowing about and learning, learning, yeah. you can then deal crap tons of damage imagine you're a beast master your wizard goes fireball and then another spell and then you go um birdie (laughs) take an attack action oh you're a quarter cr level and we're fighting vecna this is great (laughs) 
<laughs> Vecna just like puts a hand out and crushes the bird. Yeah, exactly. And you, because there is no. At the same time. Actually, yeah. he probably doesn't even bother to crush you because it's just like you're just doing a little hitting them and they're just like ignoring <laughs> you as you like. There are more. Oh, there are more. There is different fighting style options. You can also have blind fighting, which gives you blind sight. Again, something we, we talked, talked about. this. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. they literally did all the things. Druidic warrior. You learn two cantrips from the druid spell or thrown weapon fighting. So you can draw a weapon as a thrown property as part of the attack you make with the weapon. Yes. So when you hit with a ranged attack threat, you add a plus two bonus to the damage roll, which I think is really cool. That is very cool. Just throw your swords at them. You can have a spell casting focus, uh, like a druidic focus, which is better than having to use um, all your components mm-hmm. and then you've got primal awareness yes. a third level feature which is better than primeval awareness so you can focus your awareness through the interconnection of nature you learn additional spells when you reach certain levels in the class so it just gives you these additional spells which i think is just much more about uh, making it more druidic and as i said yeah. having a if you want to go down that route and having that optional uh, ability i think is good because i always thought the druidic as i said yes. the druidic one should be just a subclass but it, making it optional yeah especially here looking at them you've got speak with animals beasts and speak mm. with plants etc you don't have to be like by the way here is my companion a panther yeah. you know yeah. it's just something that you just commune with everything yeah i love that yeah that introducing that druidicness into the ranger without it being like by the way guys i love nature like it's just it's, it is that mm. the strider versus radagaster brown type thing i would say well the yeah. is obviously a wizard yeah <laughs> the the martial versatility Whenever you reach level in this class that grants the ability score improvement feature, you can replace a fighting style you know with another fighting style available to rangers. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest, I would just say you can add a fighting style you know. And you get to a point where you just like... <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. because it just I think that would be so much cool. Instead of you don't gain an ability score, you don't gain a feat. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, you are altering it. So I think instead of taking that choice, you could say, I can blind fight and I can two-weapon fight, and I can throw... And then when by the time you get a third one, I'm going to throw it. So I can be like, can't see a thing, so anything invisible near me, you just spin around and then throw a knife at someone. <laughs> like, that would on. be quite cool. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Because, yeah, you get to a point where you're at level 20, you're like... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I like that. And then finally, Nature's Veil, which is replaces hide in plain sight. You draw on the powers of nature to hide stuff from people. A bonus action you can magically become invisible. That's what you said. That's what you said last time. Ah. I know. It literally made it. They've made what I thought they should do, which is just like, not, I'm going to spend an hour covering myself in mud. Yeah. You know what? That's so funny because I had read these, you know, ages and ages ago. And then obviously for this, I sort of looked at it. I can't believe we didn't, we suggested them all and they're actually here. I didn't realise this. I was reading them when we said, let's do the thing. And I was like, option. I was like, oh, 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 right. So they actually have been listening. I feel like very smart and almost justified in the way of our anger. That's incredible. We had no influence on this at all, but I love the idea that we we were on the right path anyway. So that that makes me happy that we're not, we're not just like nerds because we say so. We actually do have stuff that can be useful. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) justification <laughs> uh, we would highly recommend looking at xanathars and tashes they're not yeah. necessary but all the yeah. players to have but it's so much it's interesting to see the optional stuff certainly with tashes stuff coming out mm. and i just yeah i, I it gives you yeah. just another way to play if anyone came to my table and said i want to play a ranger i'd be like or said like i'm interested in the rogue type but I'm, i want to be more rangery but i don't like the ranger and say let's have a look at it and let's look at it with these alternate the alternate yes. options and I think you'll be you'll find that you've got a lot more going for you. 
So then, Fiona, you say, right. you mentioned Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I did. A good book, actually, generally. I quite enjoyed it. It was one of the first ones out. It's the first one I bought outside of the core mm-hmm. three. Yes. Yeah, so Xanathar introduced three subclasses mm. for the Ranger. We've got the Gloomstalker, the Horizon Walker, and the Monster Slayer. Each of them slightly different, obviously, because they're subclasses, but I quite like them. So let's look at the Gloomstalker first. Fiona favourite. Fiona favourite. <laughs> So Gloomstalkers are at home in the darkest places, deep under earth, in gloomy alleyways, in primeval forests, and wherever else the light dims. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. I, I instantly think of like film noir with like lampposts and underneath yeah. is a Gloomstalker. <laughs> yeah. Gloomstalker ventures boldly into the darkness, seeking to ambush threats before they can reach the broader world. More often these ranges are found in the underdark, where they will go any place where evil lurks in the shadows. Oh. Yes, yes, absolutely. I just, everything about it is cool. And like, I think anything that's particular for like certain settings, so like the underdark stuff, so you can do the out of the abyss. Um, yeah. I can imagine doing anything with demons and Strahd. devils. Strahd, absolutely. But like, even like the abyss going there, I think this could work really well. This sort of subclass could work really well for that. I think so. And you get some fun, fun, funky features, basically. First off, like with all these subclasses, I will say, you always get magic at level three. Mm -hmm. And I quite like these particular spells. Again, all the spells for these subclasses are flavoured and really sort of hone in, maybe compared to previous subclasses we've talked about. So we've got stuff like the sky's self, rope trick, fear, greater invisibility, and seeming. I love seeming. Rope trick, the most stupid, amazing thing that I can't... I never get over how much I love the idea of someone going... Oh, we need to make like a little like hidey place. Okay, so a rope falls out of a hole in the sky and you just climb up it. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I decided that you just put it up and you go there. And then you yeah. go, all right, climb up and pull it up. And then we're done. We're in a little demi-plane. I think it's such a cool little thing. But my issue is that if it was something that did in real life, which I appreciate, this is not real life, I wouldn't be able to get up the rope ladder because I just have no other body strength. So I'm going to have to, someone's going to yeah. have to push me up. <laughs> 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 amazing like oh, i love it the hilarity of like just like yeah the other two features you get at level three you get dread ambusher and umbrel sight say like dread ambusher oh <laughs> sorry yeah, you, you gotta have dread ambusher umbrel yeah. sight umbrel sight iron mind <laughs> stalker's flurry <laughs> You think I think it could be Fury or something. Fury, like. but Stalkers, Stalkers, it's like, um, just now thinking of a McFlurry, but a very dark one with black M&Ms only or something like that. <laughs> the goth ice cream, so the it's all ice, black. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then Shadowy Dodge. Shadowy Dodge. That's yeah. a Shadowy Dodge. <laughs> yeah, all these are beautifully flavoured. So they're going back to the Dread Ambusher. Yeah. You are the master of the art of ambush. Mm. Uh, you give yourself a bonus to your initiative rolls equal to your wisdom modifier. Love it. Like the rogue, you like you get a little bit quicker. The start of each of your turn, your walking speed increases by 10, which lasts <laughs> the end of that turn. So again, you could be like, run, 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 get into position. And then finally, when you take the attack option on that turn, you make an additional weapon attack as part of the action. If that attack hits, you take an extra bit of damage, a 1d8 damage of that weapon attack. Other things we said, other things we said, right? Give them initiative, give them Quick. fast off the draw, give them additional bonuses at that time because they can ambush people. Come on, this is yeah. it. You're quick off the mark, you run away quicker mm-hmm. like in that first turn and to get yourself in position and you attack quicker. Yeah, Dread Ambusher, what a great, great thing. Yeah. And at level three as well. So you're equally adding to that thing. Imagine yeah. if you've got like a fighter, the rogue there as well. Mm. Like, yeah. We're going to have so many comments on our first part going, by the way, they do all the stuff you say. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want a t-shirt with that on like by the way and on the back saying they do all the stuff, the stuff you stuff say, you say. <laughs> yeah, it rhymes I, I'm, I'm writing that down merch by the way they do all the stuff you say umbrella sight another one at level 3 you gain dark vision out to a range of 60 feet that's yeah. cool level 3 that's great yeah. but if you already have dark vision because of your lineage that range increases by 30 feet <gasps> yeah Brilliant. And while in darkness, you are invisible to any creature that relies on dark vision to see you in that darkness. You're more invisible. The fact you are using the darkness to hide, because it makes sense. It's that flavoursome thing that you are using the dark against against the creatures that are in there. So, oh, yeah, you are a proper predator in this, in a sense. Yeah, oh. exactly, which is what you should be. You are the predator... This is why I wanted them to, when I was trying to make my, like, my Wolverine, it's like, he is the predator who is the good person. You know, I, like, am, the knight. It. I am the knight, he's Batman, you know, I have to be the knight to fight the knight, you know, like, it's yes. like, come on. Oh, absolutely. See, I'm so much more excited Excited, now. I know, I know. Level seven, we got Iron Mind. Mm. You have honed your ability to resist the mind-altering powers of your prey. You gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws, but... If you already have this proficiency, uh, you gain it in either intelligence or charisma. Your choice. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's amazing. That's really good. That's really good. Like, I think more often than not, you will have proficiency in it through yeah. something, uh, through yeah. probably uh, your lineage, or I think, I, I yeah. don't know if they get it already, but you, yeah, it's just one of those things you're like, yeah. that's cool that you can okay. choose. I love Makes that. so much sense. You wouldn't be going up to the cephalopod that's going to do the funny prismatic pattern or whatever it is. Yeah. You're not going to get caught by it because you know it's coming. You're, yeah, like, you're like, I know I know this trick because you're so quick yeah. off the mark as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And then stalkers, flurry. Um, we've got, <laughs> you learn... This should so be stalkers fury, I'm sorry. I do think it's like a, maybe a typo perhaps, but whatever. Yeah. You learn to attack with such unexpected speed that you can turn a miss into another strike. Once on each of your turns, when you miss with a weapon attack, you can just make another weapon attack as part of the same action. Get advantage on your attacks. It's pretty good. But it's but... even better because it's not even like advantage you have to waste. It is yep. just like, you've done it. I've hit. I didn't hit. You don't even have to know. You know, It's not like, oh, you need to use it beforehand. It's like, yep. I've missed. I'll roll again. Yeah. I think the only thing is that as long as you as you remember that, because something that I would completely forget. But you would just be, I would just always be like, I have advantage on every roll now, basically, when I want to attack. That's what you've got. And it's like... It's once on each of your turns. That's the only thing. Yeah, I have advantage on my first attack. Oh, no, no, it's not. I have advantage if I miss. So it's kind of actually like I I attack the first one. So it's not only on your first attack. It's Mm -hmm. it's once on each of your turns. Yeah. Yeah. The last one. Shadowy dodge. Shadowy dodge. (laughs) You can dodge in unforeseen ways with wisps of supernatural shadow around Mm. you. Whenever a creature makes an attack roll against you and doesn't have advantage on the roll, you can just use your reaction to impose disadvantage on it. You must use this feature before you know the outcome of the attack roll. I mean, as your reaction... Yeah. That's cool. I like that. You know it's coming. You're just like, sod it. I'm just going to do it. I just, yeah. I think that's such a cool little, that's such 100%. a little thing, but I think that just makes it. And so, yeah, Gloomstalker, what a cool class. So cool. You can be a little bit like, uh, what's, is it, it's not, uh, is it Night Stalker who does the proofing in From um, X-Men, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. So you it can is. just be like, yeah. out of the way as they attack you and then you reform again and then you yeah. go, aha. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, it's so good. It just makes it fun. It makes it fun to be a ranger. Yeah, you know what? That is it. This, this, the Gloomstalker is fun. Yeah, it is the Batman, isn't it? It is. It is the the Nightcrawler. Yeah. It is that sort of like, sort yeah. of leaning into that sort of film noir s. But you don't have to be like full on. I am the knight. Yeah, but exactly. If you did, it's so much, so much fun. 
next one is Horizon Walkers. I played with Horizon Walker in our campaigns and oh, right. they are so good. So this idea that they guard the world against threats that originate from other planes or that seek to ravage the mortal plane but with otherworldly magic. So instantly the thing that comes to my mind is the Hawkeye of the Avengers, but possibly slightly cooler. <laughs> Hawkeye with a bit of magic and yes. sort of just like jumping in and out of the planes exactly just making a way through so yeah they seek out planar portals and keep watch over them venturing into the inner planes and the outer planes as needed to pursue their foes see i was hoping when i read this in xanathar's i was thinking come on planescape's coming back because they brought out horizon mm. walker they're going to do more planar stuff and they've gone down the sort of multiverse thing but i know there was avernus but i i feel i feel they'll be great in an avernus campaign it works mm. really well with that or an out of the abyss campaign um yeah. because of the, both those sort of relationships let's talk about it. so obviously you get uh magic at level three yeah. you get spells such as good for, uh, protection from good and evil makes yeah. sense misty step that makes sense as well yes. haste i love haste haste is such mm. a great spell to, especially not to even cast on yourself but to cast on other people to buff up other people putting on a barbarian is always a great trick yeah <laughs> or a exactly. fighter 15 attacks yeah. <laughs> rogue <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly rogues oh my gosh yeah, yeah perfect banishment banishment is such a great spell makes so much sense when it pops off you're like oh god great nobody attack her <laughs> like, yeah. just a, and then finally teleportation spell at level 17 which is yeah. again really really cool at level three as well you get detect portal mm. you gain the ability to magically sense the presence of a planar portal so you detect yep. the distance and direction of the closest planar portal to you within one mile once you use it, you can't use it again to a short or long rest. This is a classic. Uh, used to have this in, if you were a planar being in Planescape, you mm. all gain the feature initially. If you are a plane, as in a natural sort of planes, mm -hmm. you gain this feature of being able to detect portals naturally. So this is something that would make sense in a Planescape mm. campaign to give you that ability. Planar Warrior, as a bonus action, you get to draw on the energy of the multiverse to augment your attacks by choosing one creature you see within 30 feet. Next time you hit that creature... With a weapon tag, all damage dealt by the attack becomes force damage. Yep. Amazing. And the creature takes an extra 1d8 from the attack, force damage. When you reach the level 11th level, this is an additional 2d8. Now, force damage is really good because not many things are at all. I can't even think of anything off the top of my head that is immune to force damage. Like lower level players might get used to it. It's like a wand of magic missiles would be the one where it always hits that sort of thing. So yeah, it's very hard unless you have a, like an actual magic item that like does something to it. So yeah, no, there's not really any natural resistances. Does it not then make your all your attacks magical? Uh, dam all damage dealt by that attack becomes force damage. Does so that make it magical? I don't know. I assume Because not. in my mind, okay, fine. <laughs> because assume... you're drawing on the energy of the multiverse. So I'd assume it is. Because yes, I am actually, what I'd right, see right. it is like your blade. I'd make it like, you got a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> force damage. Yeah. 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 You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Your weapons turn into the lightsaber for like one round mm. as a bonus action as well. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. So every every turn you can use it as a bonus action. That's Ethereal step at level seven. Uh, you learn to step through the ethereal plane as a bonus action. You can cast the the spell etherealness without spending a spell slot. But it ends at the end of your current turn. So you see, uh, what's cool about it is that you can just because you're quite speedy as well. Mm. You just go into the ethereal plane, go through people if you're mm. in, a, in a corridor or anything like that, get to the other side or hide somewhere, and then you yeah. know come back and then you're ready for the next turn. Uh, the, your next turn, you can pop out and shoot people or, or fight people or anything like that. Makes you think so of Ghost Walk a little bit. It does, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a short and long rest one as well. And that's about right, I think, actually, because you don't want to be you don't want to be using that all the time. 11th level distance strike. You gain the ability to pass between the planes in the blink of an eye 
Everyone loves that. You take the attack action. You can yes. teleport up to 10 feet before each attack to an unoccupied space you can see. If you attack at least two different creatures in this action, you can make one additional attack with it yep. against a third creature. So you can go... We had a, a fight recently where the NPC got to use that ability. Honestly, it was the coolest thing we've ever seen. And it's not like... It's just you do this. Yeah. So you, you can do just, it over and over and over again. It makes you the coolest person on the... I don't know why there isn't a rogue that can do this, but like, <laughs> screw the rogues now, because a ranger's going to be so much cooler right now. I guess if you took... I don't know how many levels it is until you get sneak attack, but if you took like a couple of levels and then the rest of it up to... 11th. You get yeah. sneak attack at like second level. You could be a rogue yeah. ranger with this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bonus action, hide. Hide. And stab, yeah. And then stab, stab, stab. All right. Imagining this like a baseball game. Yes. Okay. Yes. You tell all your players, engage with every other creature. There's three of you, three other players, and you go to the one, teleport behind, stab. Stab. To the other one, behind, stab. Third one, stab. Sneak attack, sneak attack, sneak attack. Yeah. Fiona, do you know what we've just done? We've just won D&D. Well, that's it, guys. Welcome to the last episode of DMs. Play the music. Play the outro music. <laughs> see, see, we're going to be doing a different TTRPG now. So we've won. Oh my god! And we won with a ranger. How? Finally, <laughs> finally. Before we get too giddy, uh, spectral defense at level fifteen. So your ability to move between the planes enables you to slip through the planar boundaries to lessen the harm done to you during battle. This is really cool. When you take mm. damage from an attack, you can just use your reaction to give yourself resistance to all of that damage from that attack on this turn. Yeah. Again, giving reaction-based things, as I said like last week, yeah. it's like give them reactions because they are quick. That's what they're about, you know? As I said, like the difference between a rogue and a ranger, and why I think reactions are great for rangers because rea mm. they are instinctive, yeah. right? Whilst a rogue is calculated. And there's a slight difference to it. And I think that's why give them reactions to go, no, you know, whilst a yeah. rogue would be like, I'm quick so I can hide so I can think. And I can and plan. Then yes. I can make my attack. That's why you get bonus action. Agreed. Basically. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Yes, absolutely. Both Gloomstalker and Horizon Walker, I think those are the ones that get talked about a lot yeah. in Silent but it would be remiss of us as, as mm. good researching uh, podcast yeah. hosts to not talk about the Monster Slayer. Yeah. So this is where you have dedicated your life to hunting down creatures of the night and wielders of grim magic, which mm. is such a oh, such a cool line. So you more likely to seek out vampires, dragons, evil fae, fiends, and other magical threats. Yeah. With trained in super supernatural techniques to overcome such monsters slayers are the experts of unearthing and defeating mighty mystical foes so for me i actually see this if anyone's watched supernatural this is what i get this idea the two brothers they you got the weapons and stuff or they've got ways of you know it's that researching stuff so it's not like the blood hunter which is obviously has mm. that you are the monster to fight the other monsters yeah. here you are pre that i guess yeah. so i think you could easily though have the monster slayer but if something happens to you then you can have that talk with your dm to be like actually let's change you into a blood hunter and have that specific story to you and that's what i did rangers to blood hunter and i think blood hunters are really great as a, again i think is another good like basically as a ranger plus and is yes. very good i think if you wanted to make a basis for like mixing and matching another we're talking about rogue rangers mixing uh rangers and blood hunters together is not absolutely good. again Curse of Strahd, yes. Out of the Abyss, it, really anything. But if you're going down a, again, a, like a darker, horror campaign, it yeah. works really well. 
level three, you get obviously magic again. Who knew? Yeah. But again, you get stuff like protection from good and evil, zone of truth. Magic circle. Magic circle. Uh, and it's not like the London magic circle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pick a card, any card. Oh, you're dead. Um, <laughs> banishment. Oh, I thought you meant the magic circle, like the lawyers. Aren't they called the magic circle? Oh, the top five law, law firms are called magic oh, circle. I've not heard that. No, I'm thinking like oh, yeah. the magician's magic circle. Anyway, oh, right. yeah, anyway okay. never yes. mind. <laughs> you also get banishment and you also Perfect. get... Hold monster. monster. Yeah, so then you get Hunter's Sense at third level. You gain the ability to peer at a creature and magically discern how best to hurt it. I think we talked about this as well, didn't we? As an action, you choose one of those creatures in 60 feet of you. You immediately learn whether the creature has any damage, immunities, resistance, or vulnerabilities, and what they are. The creature is hidden for divination magic. You sense that it has no damage, immunities, or vulnerabilities. That's fine. You can use feature number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, which is going to be high. Uh, all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I think the only thing that that needs is the next bit. The Slayer's Prey thing yeah. on top of that. So I yeah. think that's cool. It makes sense. You can just look at it and go, right, fire. It's immune to it. Let's not use yeah. that. And you can tell the rest of your party. It's a cool little little bit. It's that one up on the um, hmm. the natural enemy sort of thing. Yeah. Favoured foe. But I think making it a bonus action would be better. I think yes. making it an action is a bit high. So I would probably adjust that. Yeah. Personally. I but... guess my question is, and it's, this is over like the actual vocab here. So it says it has any damage immunities, resistances or vulnerabilities. You're not making the choice. Like, does it have any damage immunities? It's just like you, you immediately learn all three yeah. things. Right, because I wasn't sure yeah. if you as a DM had to pick no, which no, one they I think you, learn, you just learn everything about them in that regard. I do think it should be a bonus action. Yes. Because they do that with the Slayer's Prey, which I think is what we were talking about, being able to add damage by using your bonus action. By You read the creature, and then you can make an attack that is adds an extra 1d6. Yeah, you think you'd put the, yeah, put them together. So yeah, you can focus your uh, on one for increasing the harm when you inflict mm. on it. So yeah, bonus action, designate one creature you see within 60 feet of you. First time you hit it with a weapon attack, you gain an extra d6 of damage from that weapon. This benefit lasts until short or long rest or ends early if you do another creature. So it's a bit like a hunter's mark in a way. I think what's interesting to note is that it, it reads a bit funny, but it doesn't mean like you need to short or long rest to replenish it. You can move it round. Yeah. No, I see that. I if see you take a short rest, you'll forget the creature. So you'll have to do it again. Yeah, like I said, for me, it does feel a bit like a hunter's mark without the magical tracking thing added onto it. That's the only thing I saw there. But yeah, I think, yeah, you, you combine Hunter Sense and Slayer's Prey, I think mm. that would instantly make it a lot. Like, it would be yeah. such a cool thing, especially at level three as well. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Level seven, then, we've got Supernatural Defense. You gain extra resilience against your prey's assault on the mind and body. So this links back into that Slayer's Prey thing, so that if that target of your Slayer's Prey forces you to make a saving throw, or, or whenever you make an ability check to escape the target's grapple. I love that idea that you're going to be very close to your Slayer's yeah. Prey. Like, you add instantly a 1d6 to your roll. That's, that's great. great. I love that little bit of extra thing. So you've learned a lot about them, you've, you've focused on it, and you've done the research, and you're like, oh, this is their weak point, I'm going to jab them in the ribs or something like that, or no, I can't let them get into my head, like Scarecrow style from Batman, yeah. Next one, Magic Unis Nemesis. Another thing, something that we were talking about on our Doom Forgotten Realms yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And how there's the... the Mage Slayer, Mage Slayer, yeah. Mm. Which is, it does do this. And it does exactly what I wanted, which is counterspelling. Yes. So you get to thwart someone else's magic. When you see a creature casting a spell or teleporting with 60 beauty, you can use your reaction to try and magically foil it. Creature must succeed or wisdom saving throw against your spell DC or its spell or teleport fails and is wasted. Once you use this feature, you can't use it until you finish a short or long rest. So it is limited. But 
you could stop so much. Like the the big yeah. opening, big bad move, yeah. or they're trying to escape, and you're like, "Don't think so, buddy." Yeah, I just think that's such an interesting one for a ranger to do. Who's we've said it before, like they they're not a high level casters class in general, but the idea that you could thwart like a really bad role from a from a big bad evil. A boss essentially and they couldn't get away because you did this i mean they, they will probably have legendary resistances and stuff but i did because people can be counterspelling all over the place but that's using up yeah. resources just the fact that you're like don't you dare run away from me i love it it's like oh uh, you know the moment where like the party goes if you've got any counter spells i've run out of counter spells that was my last one don't worry <laughs> then the final final feature we have is slayer's counter so you gain the ability to counteract that prey that has tried to sabotage you so if the target of the Slayer's Prey feature forces you to make a saving throw, you can use your reaction to make a weapon attack against that quarry. You make this attack immediately before making the saving throw, which I love that. You're like, I'm just going to get in <laughs> quickly, stab or shoot. If your attack hits, your save automatically succeeds in addition to the attack's normal effects. Oh, we're just both nodding at each other because it's like, yeah. what, how yeah. cool. Defo. Like- I love that makes you super cool at level 15 yeah this prey comes in make a saving throw any saving throw like you know like cast a spell wisdom saving throw and you're like ah, 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 stab yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that could defeat them and it stops the need for the saving throw and it stops the spell effect and it is so like yeah. again reactions 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 going back to that supernatural defense as well so that even if you fail and you still have to make the roll you could then just add a d6 to your roll because it's supernatural defense at level seven yeah it is again maybe it's a lot of admin perhaps but you're like i'm pulling out all the stops to stop and i just that makes me excited it makes me this you know like some people might say like oh that's a lot to do but i'm like you could have a combat document like yours truly and like go okay if this happens then this then this and this and this Combat documents are a good thing. We should talk about those. Oh, we should. Hey, if you want to hear about how I made my combat document, give give us a review. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've done all the Xanathar's Guide to Everything subclasses. We'll move on then to Mm. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So this, we have two ones here. Obviously, thanks to you for pointing out the uh, optional stuff as well. So that's good. But we've got two subclasses here. We've got the Fey Wanderer and we've got the... Just completely forgot what Swarmkeeper. it is. Swarmkeeper. Swarmkeeper. Wow, my brain is coming out of yeah. my ears. But so again, two very different subclasses, mm. two different flavors of subclasses. And I think with the Fey Wanderer one, if we look at that first, that one's an interesting one because obviously with stuff like Wild Beyond the Witchlight, these domains of delight coming out, it's really tying into that Fey Wild stuff, which is one of our favorites. We talk about it all the time. Mm. This idea that a Fey mystique surrounds you thanks to the boon of an archfey a shining fruit that you ate from a talking tree the magic spring you swam in or some other auspicious event however you acquired your fey magic you are now a fey wanderer a ranger who represents both the mortal and fey realms how cool is that i love that the next bit is even better as you wander the multiverse your joyful laughter brightens the hearts of the downtrodden and your martial prowess strikes terror in your foes for great is the mirth of the Fey, and dreadful is their fury. Oh, look at that line. Yeah, literally, chef's kiss. Chef's that whole kiss. thing. Amazing. I would love to see a party that had a gloom stalker and also a Fey wanderer together. Yeah. And they are like basically an odd couple, but also yeah. they work together because one's like super lovely and light and happy, like Fey White. Also, it gets very, very angry. And the other yeah. one is like, I'm a goth. Oh, the darkness. <laughs> but the goth one like picks flowers and makes little daisy chains out of them in yeah, secret. Here is. here is a bouquet for you. Yes. 
What's interesting with this one, it starts off actually, before it gets into the magic stuff, it talks off with something called Dreadful Strikes mm. at the level three. So you can augment your weapon strikes with mind scarring magic drawn from the gloomy hollows of the Feywild, which is a bit different to obviously the gloomy, stalkery stuff. When you hit a creature with a weapon, you can deal an extra d4 psychic damage to the target. Mm which you can only take it once per turn. That's the target itself, which makes sense. Uh, the extra damage then increases by the time you get to level 11, which is a d6. But hey, every little yeah. helps. I love that. And I, I think not many creatures, uh, like certainly early on, mm. are resistant or immune to psychic yeah. damage. So that's a, that's a nice little tidbit, I think. I think it's cool. But I think when you've got the Planar Warrior one, you gain 1d8 force, and then it goes up to 2d8 on 11th. It feels mm -hmm. like this is a lot less i don't quite know why i haven't put enough into it yeah. but i think no you're right i guess it, it'd be nice if it went up a little bit more like if it had like another level it goes all the way up to like 1d8 it feels like a 1d6 psychic damage then goes up to 1d8 would feel more what i'd go for but maybe it's not balanced enough but it did feel like they did you do get yeah. the otherworldly glamour but yes i think that wouldn't overpower it i always feel like you know when you get to a certain level it's like oh an extra d6 i'll oh, make it 2d6 make it 3d6 yeah. Why not? It doesn't matter. Yep. Magic that you get at level three. So again, all very flavoursome, mm. Feywild stuff, you know, face stuff in general, charm person, Misty Steph again, dispel yep. magic, Dimension Door, and yes. of course, Mislead. Oh, yeah, I, I love, love a good Mislead. Misty Step as well. I love how Misty Step, you can look at it as like Misty Step, like, oh, magic dust, poof. And then you've got Misty Step, which is like, oh, shadow, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's really flavoursome, Misty Step. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good word for it as well, because it does, it both could be misty or misty <laughs> you know like there's two ways it could be as well you also get something now yeah. i'm gonna say this i this is a flavorsome thing but you also get um a feywild gift from this table or you can determine it man randomly and stuff so you get stuff like you know uh butterflies butter around you when you're taking a short or long rest mm. which i i would love it if you were like a grumpy person you're like oh bugger off yeah, exactly. you know trying to get rid of them yeah like flowers sprout from your hair each dawn which again is like oh for god's sake <laughs> like yeah. take, take it off the flower ground the one i'm a bit like Ugh, is that you faintly smell of cinnamon lavender nutmeg or another comforting herb or spice like a baker i think it was pixies or fairy i must be fairies the uh lineage we got in an unearthed arcana where one of the one of the things was like you smell of brownies yeah you weren't enjoying the feywild generally because it you smell <laughs> of food you didn't like the smell stuff of it but i think yeah. that's kind of what's gonna be sickly but sweet i just like, like yeah it's just like Bleh. it's like I don't know, Hamilton, if you ever took part in the cinnamon challenge, but um, that's put me off cinnamon pretty much oh, for really? life. I love cinnamon, so it's one of my oh, favourite. The cinnamon challenge, I'll say, for context, but also, no, no, oh God, no. Oh, right, <laughs> don't okay. Do no, you just take like a spoonful of cinnamon, like a full spoonful of cinnamon, and try and eat it. <laughs> of course, it makes you like react because it's obviously it's very, very strong. Anyway, don't do it at home, folks, and certainly don't snort it. <laughs> don't do what Hamilton says. Don't listen to me, basically. <laughs> Oh my going God. up to wasabi and chuck it up their nose so like, oh, i thought it was the same no. as that oh, don't no. do that as well don't do don't that, do that yeah, either look, this is our the point in the podcast where we're like don't do don't do this at home literally the whole like doctors will always say don't shove stuff up your nose like it's literally a bad <laughs> idea <laughs> literally. i think this what this made me think is like the gloom stalker requires gloomy gifts. yes you know you're what I mean? right absolutely so you've got like bats that flow around you or like you have cobwebs on your hair you have cobwebs every morning spiders like crawl out of your hair Whoa. or you have like 
yeah or you've just got a little mist that follows you around or like hello i'm a mist i mean more like a misty (laughs) (laughs) i'm a mist you smell like musk and like um frank incense you know and stuff like that or something yeah i'm starting yeah what else could you i like the idea that you're always sort of like uh in black and white (laughs) yeah you always look like you're you're cast in candlelight oh yeah because it could be like you're at the campfire goes oh well what about you um uh audrey how are you doing well you know the like (laughs) yeah exactly i was abandoned (laughs) next one otherworldly glamour another one at level three so your fey qualities give you a supernatural charm as a result whenever you make a charisma check you gain a bonus to the check equal to your wisdom modifier because you could really put in lots of stuff to your wisdom and your charisma and really just be super charming it'd be great yeah you're wisdomously charming or charmingly wisdoms. You also gain proficiency in the, one of the following skills, so deception, performance, or persuasion. Yeah. Classic charisma. Next up, like all good TV shows, it had a beguiling twist. Ooh. You're not the Feywild. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, the <laughs> the Feywild guards your mind. You have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. Nice. In addition, when you or a creature you can see within 120 feet of you succeeds on a saving throw against being charmed or frightened, you can use your reaction to force a different creature to make a wisdom saving throw against your spell DC. If the spell fails, the target is charmed or frightened by you for one minute. The target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each turn, like it does. I kind of like that. So my, my question for this, my, my sort of thing is that if, the, say, for example, there's that you and your buddy and uh, the, the enemy, and the enemy has done this effect, hmm. and then your friend manages to save it could you then charm that original enemy that's given this effect feels a bit weird but feels like you could yeah i i would assume reading reading it because it's like it's just a different creature because it doesn't say in brackets including the person that originally cast the spell or the or the the effect or something i don't know just as a different creature you see to the one who saved so my point would be like what you've done is you've twisted their magic manipulated it because you are a magical being as a ranger as we found out so like that's what it is so why not Mm. they cast this effect you basically they save and in doing so that brings fear to them and you incite that terror and you like push that magic onto them which could be playing upon the fear that they lost the save that they haven't Mm. incited fear and you kind of go it's like the tiger goes rah and then the bear goes rah sort of thing you know like it's kind of like you know what i mean like the the tiger thinks it's scary until a bear goes uh mate hold my pints yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah so yeah. again it plays into that Feywild stuff but also mm. this like the charmed and frightened stuff anyway i think that, yeah. that's quite cool you can get like if anything it, i like it that you can expand it from beyond elves mm. and beyond fey lineages yeah. anyway that any creature that has the subclass can have it which i was like that's cool i actually yeah. quite like that at level 11 you get fey reinforcement the royal courts of the Feywild have blessed you with the assistance of fey beings so you know summon fey what a great spell mm-hmm. it doesn't count against your uh, ranger's spells great and you can cast it without material p- components also great you can cast it once without a spell slot and you regain it at the end of a long rest fine however when you start casting it you can modify it so it doesn't require concentration as a result it is a minute to cast but that's really really useful because obviously you can imagine you're like i cast it and it appears and you're like yeah and then as soon as you get hit and it's like well it's only here for one turn doesn't have its turn and it's gone mm-hmm. so the fact that it can just be here for, uh, I just and you uh, can prepare that spell before you go into battle, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. This, then spell generation is just a minute compared to like an hour or something like that. But that means that it's here with you for ten rounds. Oh, sorry. I did. Yeah. I thought the spell casting took a minute. Sorry. Casting same time duration shortens completely, ah. but it means it's you don't have to worry about it. You it got will ten disappear. rounds. 
yeah, you've got, you got 10, 10 rounds, which is pretty good. Yeah. Useful, yeah. So you don't have to worry about being hit and it disappearing. Last but not least, Misty Wanderer. You can slip in Misty. and out of the... Misty. 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 <laughs> uh, you can slip in and out of the Fey World to move in a blink of eye. You cast Misty Step without expending a spell slot. You do so a number of times equal to the Wisdom modifier. It's a bit like Etherealness that you had for the other one. Mm-hmm. You gain all unexpended uses when you finish a long rest. In addition, when you cast Misty Step, you can bring along one creature you can see within five feet of you. Oh, so useful. That's pretty cool. And they are not, they take a long occupied space within five feet of your destination. So, like, that's kind of like, hey, come here. Yeah. Come, yeah, because normally you'd have stuff like, for example, the other spells I know that can do that is sort of a Dimension Door, which obviously is like a third mm. level spell. You also have Thunder Step, which obviously does damage to everyone around you. You can take at least one person with you. Can you? Oh, yeah. I didn't really, I've forgotten that. But, but even then, you're still doing damage. So you'd be like, bye. And you leave, and you create devastation to everyone else who's your favorite <laughs> exactly but obviously misty step that one has always been a solo like so the fact that you can take someone with you that's why for me i'm like okay it justifies it being a bit of a higher level because mm. obviously beforehand yes you know most people would get it at an earlier level this makes sense that you can take someone with you to to maneuver them around the battlefield like if you know like the the rogue is going next or anything like that and they can't get to the place you can like boop, you're with me and pop yeah. them next to the to that's the cool. to the monster or the big bad so yeah, yeah really like that all right well then the next one the second and last one from tasha's is the swarm keeper yes so this one feels a lot like a druid circle of the mm. spores one which i think is also in tasha's yeah. as well it is yeah so compared to like the beautiful fey wild or the sort of the mercurial nature of it you mm. know like okay we're going back to the environment but this time it's bugs <laughs> hello hello i like i like beetles me mm. uh, <laughs> that's a gross <laughs> over generalization i apologize but yeah. it's this idea that you have connection with something that is called a swarm of nature spirits and they become a potent force in battle as well as helpful company for the ranger and what i liked about this in the little description it talks about is that the swarm keepers could either be outcasts or hermits because they want to keep to themselves and the swarms themselves because they don't want to you know be a burden on other people like going oh that weird person with the bugs but at the same time you could also have it that they enjoy building communities and they work together and it's actually seen as a as a positive thing so yeah. i quite like that you can have both sides of it as well which i like the golgari like the golgari yeah where you're oh, like yeah. i don't know if they're good uh yeah the golgari from ravnica I'll, the golgari yeah. swarm but <laughs> i also like the the very flavorsome bit that it gives about it and i think this is goes more to where D is going but it's the swarm keeper swarm of spells are reflections of their bond so gaseous form they might appear to melt into the swarm into a cloud of mist arcane eye maybe isn't a swarm spies for you you know I, it's just like just think and it you know it's that idea of like your dm is probably intelligent and uh, creative and therefore allow them just to take that and yourself as a player. You know, you could just say, I'm going to use, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, well, Misty Step is another one. You know, Misty Step, you... Your swarm carries you to another location. Yes. Something like that, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens. So, yeah, so at level three, you get a gathered swarm, this idea of these nature spirits. Uh, when you're alive, they are in your space. So they're around you, almost like a like I like, like a second skin, sort of. But you can roll on a table to see what the appearance is. So you can have it as swarming insects, maybe twig blights, which I quite like. Fluttering birds, I think, could be like a really cool one, like mm. teeny tiny birds. Pros. Oh, yeah. Can, yeah, like surrounded by crows or like i don't know because i'd be big i see i don't know i just like maybe you make, I, like, I, them, just them fuck it you get less eat. of them they're small crows <laughs> so i like the idea that you sat there and you have like i don't know five crows around you <laughs> just yeah. sat there as you're like reading or something once on each turn you can cause a swarm to assist you in one of the following ways immediately after you hit a creature with an attack mm. so either uh they take another d6 of damage from the swarm so they just get like rah, like attack yeah. them 
they might have to succeed on a strength saving throw against your spell save DC or be moved by the swarm 15 feet horizontally in the direction of your choosing. Again, I like that idea. Like they say, right, you're going into the river, you're going into the pit and just yeah. being pushed because they, they can't do it. Or you are moved five feet yourself horizontally in the direction of your choice by the storm. Yeah. So I do that, they get picked up and moved slightly. I guess the only thing for me with that, because I think that's quite cool, I assume you will get attacks of opportunity against you if you were moving out perhaps but so i don't i don't know mm. when i would use that third one and enough yeah. i mean later on it, it uses it more but i'm not entirely sure what i'd use that third one for but the first I feel two, if I it didn't give you attacks opportunity it would make it useful that's the only thing I'd, I'd do to it to make it actually something you'd use i mean like i said later on it talks about this idea that you get half cover from your swarm yeah. i i feel like maybe you should get that if you you if you get yeah. attacked you get half cover straight away but the 50 but getting moved by your swarm is a similar one because you might as well just do that Make them do the strength save, make them move 15 feet away from you, mm. and therefore you get attacked of opportunity. You, well, no, I don't know. I, I don't know, but at least they're mm. not getting one on you. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want them to get away from you, you just do that instead of moving mm. yourself. Magic at level three, you instantly get the cantrip Mage Hand. We all love Mage Hand. Great, yep. great little spell. Fairy Fire, Web, Gaseous Form, Arcane Eye, and Insect Plague. Yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah, then Writhing Tide at level seven. Mm. So you condense part of your swarm into a focus mass that lifts you up. So this comes back to me. So as a bonus action at level seven, you gain a flying speed of 10 feet and can hover. This effect lasts for one minute or until you're incapacitated. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> you can use this equal number of times to your proficiency bonus and then regain them all in the long rest. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It's a minute in combat. You're hovering. You're not zooming around. It's at level seven. I'm okay with this fire speed. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> a rising tide raises all boats. A writhing tide raises you for one minute. <laughs> Amazing. Then you get mighty swarm. The mightiest of swarms. You, your gathered swarm grows mightier in the following ways. Your damage of gathered swarm increases at 1d8. If a creature fails its saving throw against being moved by the gathered swarm, you can also use the swarm to knock the creature prone. Mm-hmm. And when you're moved, you gave half cover until the start of your next turn. So that yeah, that's that's why I'm like okay, I guess because you do get it, but that's a level yeah. eleven though. So it's a bit late. It's quite, yeah, it's a bit late. I feel like they should be doing more for you, but it's fine. Maybe maybe you should get like a, I don't know quarter cover, but that might be splitting hairs. Um, you know, if you get a quarter cover at level three, and then you get up to half cover, I think it just could be more powerful. Particularly with all the like the one in the Horizon Walker who goes zoom move zoom move zoom. Yep. you know like if they can do that and you're like i've got a whole swarm but i'm not protected for you is a bit shit so <laughs> uh swarming dispersal you you can discorporate into your swarm avoiding danger when you take damage you can use reaction to give yourself resistance to that damage you vanish into your swarm and then teleport to an unoccupied space you can see with 30 feet of you where you would reappear within the swarm. I like this one because you could be right in the middle of the action and then you're like, oh no, too close. Yeah. And then the fact that you get half that yeah. damage and then you move like 30 feet as well. Really good. I just feel like it could be earlier. I think they could have made, I don't know. I feel like you could have just had that as like at 11th level that goes up from the gathering storm, given this at 11th and then maybe given you some sort of invisibility thing, Ooh. which would have been like you, like you, your swarm you know just i don't know they could split them up possibly mm. so you could do the teleport one yeah have it across the battlefield that you could go yeah. to two yeah and then maybe the other one is an invisibility one in your swarm or your swarm and again some additional bonuses i guess because the swarm itself it's not like uh compared to like your ranger companion or like the in the drake war, war yeah. we're going to talk about they don't go away from you it's in your space yeah but i feel like they could give you like the blur effect do you know what I mean? Ooh, like blur. Yes. Like oh that's... yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, like a disadvantage um, to hit you. Which could be just eleventh level one, even, and then you yeah. gain something additional. I, don't I agree. Actually, yeah. No, it makes sense. Like I, again, I really like the idea of it. I think it's very cool. It's 
yeah, you said there's something missing. It's not my favourite, that's all I'm going to say, Swarm Keeper. I think it just lacks, it goes back to, the, it feels a bit old school rangery, not enough to it in terms yes. of just like mechanically and whilst I think flavour-wise, yes, fun, but I'd much rather play like a Spores Druid or something like that yeah. if I was going to go down that sort I of... Agree. I agree, I agree. I like the concept. Mm. Needs a bit of work, I think. Hamilton, I'm going to leave most of this last one to you because... Okay. because Why? Because of the dragons? Maybe. <laughs> so the last subclass comes from Fizban's Treasury of Dragons and it, it is does. the Drake Warden. Yes. Your connection to the natural world takes the form of a draconic spirit, which can manifest in physical form as a drake. As your powers grow, your drake grows as well, blossoming from a small four-legged companion to a majestic winged creature, large and strong enough for you to ride upon. Ah, I can't ride a dragon! <laughs> uh, along the way, you gain an increasing share of the awe-inspiring power of dragons. Well, what more do you want? This is the How to Train Your Dragon D&D yeah. version. It is. 100%. It basically is, yeah. So you get a really cool, like, Drake Warden origin, which is the, the spirit. This. You studied a dragon scale or claw or a trinket from a dragon's hoard, creating a bond through that token's lingering draconic magic. A secret order of rangers who collect and guard draconic lore taught you their ways. A dragon gave you a geode or gemstone to care for and a drake hatch from it. <laughs> to your surprise. I like yeah. the idea. It's what? like, oh, it's like, you. Oh, I like geocaching, but... Uh, is this supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm gonna, there's a few more which are really cool. Uh, but the one that I, I'm going to say now is I uh, used to have someone that was on Twitter, Titonomanchi, who's a very good uh, RPG maker, made Caltrop Core, famously. Yes. They're really cool. And they used to do this thing on Twitter, which was like, here's, uh, they've got third level in this and fifth level in that. Tell me the backstory. Right? Oh, cool. And one of them had was a, a Drake Warden. And I was like, so like the idea that you were like, you were fighting a dragon and uh, you were right, you were on the back of the dragon. Then you do the final like stab and then realize that you don't have a fly spell. It's falling. You're falling with this dragon. You start entangling with them, like with them as they fall. You see your doom approaching and boom, you land on the ground and awaken your draconic spirit and that's it and that's how you get this and like that's how i was thinking you could start it so like that's uh, it sort of thing. so it's like I love that. if you took it as like a as your second class that was kind of the thing oh but, yeah i love yeah. that uh, so you start with um level three draconic gift so you, the bond you show your drake connects a connection to dragonkind granting you the understanding and empowering your presence so you gain thaumaturgy which is great we all love that uh mm. like basically you make yourself bigger you can do change uh you put out fires and light fires you know yeah. all, all the things all fun things with thaumaturgy and tongue of dragons you learn to speak read and write draconic or another language of your choice. I do quite like that, it, you know, it's like, obviously I, the whole point of this is I know it's dragons, but I think it's nice that it goes, what other language? And you could easily make it so maybe it's a dialect of a draconic yeah. language, or you, you can add on to it somewhere, if you already do. I think it allows it in case you already know draconic. I yes. think it'd be weird if you didn't take draconic. It just makes me think of when you play Skyrim and you're the dragonborn and then you can't speak draconic at the beginning. And so you're just like... <laughs> so for ra yeah. <laughs> then you get Drake Companion, which is what it mentions before. As an action, you can magically summon the Drake that is bound to you. It appears in an occupied space of your choice within 30 feet of you. It's very much like the, the Beastmaster and updated. However, it's this, the thing that it does differently is this gaining in strength, which I really like. So it's friendly yes. to you and your companions. It obeys your commands. See the statistics has below. So it has some stat blocks for the different levels. Whenever you summon the Drake, choose a damage type listed in Draconic Essence. So it doesn't have to be 
you know that you can choose acid cold fire lightning or poison so it could be any color right. of the of the dragon cannon metallic or chromatic no matter what mm-hmm. uh, remains to the reduced to zero hit points until you use this feature to summon another one or until you die anything the drake was wearing or carrying is left behind when it vanishes once you summon the drake you can't do so again until you finish a long rest unless you expend a spell slot one level or higher to summon it so you start with a drake companion that is a small dragon hit points yes. five plus five times your ranger level so starts at 10 basically by the time you actually get this you're already going to have level three so it'll be 15 to 20 as its base basically That's not bad. uh hit points mm-hmm. 40 foot speed which doesn't say flying but can it fly it can fly later it just can't fly now i did want to just double check that yeah so it's, it is a it is a, a move it is not yet learned to fly dragon it's a little baby yeah. and it's wandering yeah. around on all it does have dark vision yeah, running around and it has damage immunities related to its essence which would be obvious makes sense um, yep. and it has a bite attack at this thing and it does piercing damage it uh, if it when it has an infused strike which is when another creature in 30 feet of the drake that it can see hits a target with a weapon attack the drake infuses the strike with its essence causing the target to take an extra 1d6 of its damage type so it doesn't say it can do it to its own which i find a bit weird no but it allows basically, if you think about it yourself, as the ranger, you've chosen uh, an acidic, you know, uh, acidic is a black dragon. Is, oh, no, yeah, black, yeah. You then can add 1d6 of acid. I guess, cause, I may, I guess maybe the reason it's not the Drake's Companions one is because it's a reaction. So it's like you are looking for other people on the, on the battlefield. But I, yeah, you think yeah. like you'd be nice to have it like as a extra, uh, oh, I also do this rather than just just as a bite or something seventh level boon of fang and scale so boon this bond boon, bond band mm. bond <laughs> fiona fiona i, know, I worry I know, for you times I, I do bond of fang and scale at level seven so you the, it intensifies this bond protecting you and stoking the drake's fury so when you summon it it grows wings on the back and gains a flying speed equal to its walking speed goes from being a komodo dragon to an actual dragon but still still quite small um although it grows to medium size yeah uh, you can use it as a mount if your size is medium or smaller <laughs> now i just imagine like a goliath <laughs> like yeah. just grabbing yeah. on while you are riding it it can't use its fly speed of this feature so yeah you can't fly around it just yet yeah bite attack does, does an extra d6 damage so yeah and then it has a re- and you gain the resistance of the damage type chosen by a thing so you gain it as well yeah so it now then gets that damage type at that level that's why exactly then. uh the next one's cool though as a drake's breath it does as it says in a tin. Ah. As an action, you exhale a 30-foot cone of damaging breath or cause your drake to exhale it. Choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, da-da, which matches your draconic essence. Each creature in the cone must make a deck save or take 8d6 damage. Uh, or half Ow. as much. It increases to 10d6 when you finish, which reach 15th level. You can't do so until you finish a long rest unless you expend a spell slot or third level or higher to use it again. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're doing damage, damage, and I like the fact again. You can choose make your Drake go to the, like above yeah. the, the flying field, and then you could either do it or they can do it. And yeah, like you said, it, you choose it your choice of what the breath is, but it doesn't have to match that Drake's a draconic essence. So they could be like um, uh, I don't know, like an ice dragon or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to do fire instead. Oh, it doesn't have to manage your Drake's. Oh, sorry, I didn't notice that. Sorry, yes, yeah. it doesn't have to. So yeah. I'm going to fire and ice them. Exactly. Oh, if only you were a bard, and then <laughs> do, it would do, be do, do, a. Do, do, do. Song of fire oh, and ice. No. <laughs> 
what is the final feature we've got for this? Affected bond. Your bond to your drake yes. reaches the pinnacle of its power. While your drake is summoned, you and the drake gain the following benefits. Empowered by it, you now get 2d6 of that draconic essence added to its bite attack. You gain a large drake. It's large size. When you ride a drake, it is no longer prohibited from flying. So you can basically fly on a dragon whilst you breathe fire and it breathes fire. It's just vomiting like acid from above. <laughs> just like uh, so, you like you turn it. Your party's like at um, in the middle of a fight, and they're like, "Ah, oh, where's Angela gone? I don't know where she's gone. Where is she?" We look to the sky. Cast message to the bard. Bard, play the music. Angela arrives. I love the fact that all of our all of our rangers have really boring names. Angela, Angela, Gary, Steve, and you also gain one more feature. Sorry, reflexive resistance. When either you or the Drake takes damage while you're within thirty feet of each other, you can use your reaction to give yourself or the drake resistance that instance of damage you can use your action number of times equal to efficiency bonus and you regain them all a long rest what a cool what a cool fucking subclass it is a cool subclass i i still think the horizon walker is the one i would like go yeah. for because i think it's cool i would just like to have someone in the party that is one do you know what yes. i mean like i don't want to be one myself no i don't want it but if angela can come that's yeah great. if angela can have because it also doesn't say that i can't go on ride it says you know it just <laughs> when you ride your drake i'm sure i can ride it as well as horizon walker i love that idea like like i don't want to look i don't want to look like you are frightened of being on the yeah. dragon They're like no no it's fine <laughs> yeah but i'd like the idea that angela's riding around on the drake and you're the horizon walker and you do your mm. Stab. 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 On the back of a dragon. Stab. Just for the fun of it. Just one of them is on the back of the dragon just to be like, hey. Just jumping around. So you could tell these six subclasses for the ranger. Yes. They expand on so much from that original one. And actually, it makes me so excited. Like you said, that you want to play the the Horizon Walker. I uh, 100% want to play the Gloomstalker. Yeah, really tap into those essences yeah. and they just feel really well this is this archetype this is this archetype mm. this is this archetype and i'm just like yes and I, I like the fact that it's so different to what we had before which was the hunter generic sort of hunter one which was like did a lot of damage and then the beast uh master which was like okay but took a lot away from you here you've got all these flavors and themes which you can like you said put into different things that like you could put the horizon walker into your planescape settings but you can also mm. put them into your averna settings and all that sort of thing so each of them have their yeah. again guess their home setting but i can imagine you having so much fun trying to put them into other settings and how they would deal with monsters from a different plane and uh, if i could jump into an a, 11th level campaign with distant strike as a horizon walker i'd do that now i think if someone said, oh, we're gonna do like a, a level 11 level 15 thing yeah I, I would the next one i want to try now is that this was a good choice and i'm glad we split it up to spend a bit more time on it because i think because again like i said when we started this i was like oh, rangers seem rubbish and then i'm like no it's the subclasses that make it it's the subclasses yeah, that make it it so. really is i still think things could be better of course my hindsight thing is like get rid of the magic add the hunter to the space class and then yeah. be a horizon walker i think would be super cool i think it, yeah it'd be great well, Hamilton, thank you so much, as always, for talking to me about D&D stuff. Yep. We're like, we finished all the DMs Book Club episodes. Where yeah. else can we find your work? Where else can we listen oh. to you doing stuff? What are you up to? If you haven't already caught it, you can catch our podcast, The Dragon's Jewel, like Shattered Realm, which is on hiatus. So you can get to a number of them and then there's a break. And but I'm doing lots of other fun things. Morkborg is like so close to being there. Like it will be out. It might be out by the time this is out. Yes. It's Theatre Macabre if you want to search for it. 
I'm making a pirate thing at the moment. What was the description we had? There's two descriptions we had for it. One of them is, I will read them, as someone put it in our chat after we did one episode. It was, the one I came up with is it's basically like injecting a concoction of rocket fuel and Nando's extra hot sauce directly into your retinas, is what it will Amazing. be like. Amazing. The other one was... was um, I hope we get sponsored by Nando's now. As yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we got much achieved, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> and that is basically what it was. <laughs> I, I think you should aim for that with all your RPGs games. It's like, we didn't achieve much, but we yeah. had a lot of fun. That's what That's you Pretty need. much my Twitter bio by now. But, um, <laughs> basically, we're doing the, the, the James Bond-esque, like ending the last adventure to intro us into the new adventure. And... We've got sentient monkey, sentient rats acting as a devil and god for another character, whilst we've got Frankie from our Shattered Realm as Hi. some of their backstory. So there's a link to that. And we just had a lot of fun being pirates. And chaos is just not even good enough a word for it because everyone uses chaos now. It is just... Chaos is the new nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So <laughs> it, it was just um, tempestuous. <laughs> a great uh, sea-worthy word, I think. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, and, and then uh, I've got some fun Bowie stuff happening, which I I just can't even believe some of the... I've got... I've potentially got... I've got some cool shit! Like, who knows when it is now, but like, I, when you told me about it, I was like, oh my god, amazing. So we just both had a bit of a... Ah, moment yeah, yeah, together, yeah. which is great. I love, I love those moments. I soon will be able to announce all more about that. But um, yeah, you'll be able to find... If you just follow my Twitter, which is at the Dragon DM, you will just see I'll be posting all that stuff there. However, huh, when is it? What is it? Where is it? How is it? Why is it, Fiona? I, yes, yes. Uh, who am I? I am Fiona. Uh, what am I? I am a podcast host with the most, uh, and I do other things as well. Where am I? I'm so glad you're asked. Welcome. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I, am, uh, I am the host of What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, a.k.a. Where... As always, it is going very, very well. We have had out Numenera is out. I know I, keep, I every time I do this, I'm like, that's already come out. Great, that's out now. <laughs> Numenera, we have had you awaken in a strange place, which had two folks from the most podcast on. We've had Drew and Andrew, who I've been on their mm. show a few times. They've come back, and that was quite a lovely one because we also had my friend Sarah, who was the one that pointed me in their direction at the beginning, saying, "I think you should apply for this." So it's very nice to have that full circle thing about like, yeah. why don't you come on and you meet them as well? And yeah, they were they had a great time, and she's it's a it's a really fun episode. It's really it's just an hour, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And that what particular RPG um, is fully improvised. Uh, you gain all the inspiration from your players. And then the GM has five minutes to come up with an adventure. And let me tell you, it is very scary. Because uh, <laughs> you're like, okay, I can work with this. And then someone just throws in something like oversized fruit. And you're like, well, I'll, I need to think. I need to sit down. Um, but it, yeah, that's super fun. We've also got interviews with game designers coming out. Um, we've had a couple from Free League recently. But we've also interviewed people such as Chris McDowell uh, and Johan Noor again, actually, for Into the Odd. Because they're having the remastered one coming out. We've also got interviews currently scheduled, but hopefully by the time this is uh, this is out, they'll also be recorded and coming out or already out with uh, the game designer behind uh, the new supplement for Vassan, which is this Nordic folklore RPG, which is a great RPG. I really, yeah. really like it. That's so much fun. Think about it as like your Call of Cthulhu, but not as much horror and definitely more fairy folks. And you can really, if you've got a certain folklore around your area, you can really dig into yeah. it. So it could be more mystery. I like to think of it as a crossover between Call of Cthulhu Maybe some City of Mist, but if it was set in the yeah. 1800s. Oh, I like that. Finally, uh, organised an interview with the writer behind the Alien RPG, 
which I am super, super hyped because then yeah. I can tell, I can tell him, well, not that he'd want to know, but I can tell him that I really enjoyed running his game at a convention and yeah, I felt amazing. So, yeah. and it, yeah, and it just that idea of talking to somebody who's obviously had to create a whole RPG from some, such a, a popular branded thing and like how, what's the process for that and stuff Which like that. Which makes me fun. super excited for their Blade Runner one because they so did so excited. well with Alien that it is mm. such a, like, comparatively like to... Uh-oh, uh Dark Souls. <laughs> Which was a real shame because like I was so hyped for that. I was like and it's and it's it all We should do like an episode on Dark Souls at some yeah. point. Because I think it's just a fascinating thing about how that's come about. The final, final thing as always mm. is that we have an offer code for third space gaming. Do we? Yes, we do. I know. What? Yeah, your friendly local game store in Burnley, UK. If you want 10% off your first order, you type in the code DMBC into checkout and you can take 10% off anything, whether it's a pre-order, they're doing pre-orders for Radiant Citadel. That is literally like days away, right? It is like five days away. Like it's, next tu- it's next Tuesday. Anyway, all that is out of the way. Hamilton, we've done it. We've done Rangers. And as we can tell by our sort of re- return of the Jedi-ness that we've done here, <laughs> instead of just seeing you on the flip side, we will see you on the dark side. <laughs> I don't know. Of the force. Wow. See you on the flip t- dark side. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at the bonfire dancing around with Ewoks. Brilliant. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> dancing around with Ewoks. <laughs> do, 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 do